There's so much to remember. So hard. How do people what make did it that through professor this? Professor saying, professor I want to be a neocardiologist. Marular filtration rate, Bart pediatrics, geriatrics, but what's going to be heart rate, high fowlers, low fowlers. Some say that nursing school is the hardest thing that they've ever done. I'm Dr. Hobbick, and I am a passionate nurse and a passionate nurse educator, and I'm here to help. Join me on Nursing with Dr. Hobbick as I review topics and highlights from nursing school and try to help nursing students become confident nurses and provide the safest, best quality patient care that's possible. Hey, and welcome to Nursing with Dr. Hobbick. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the nursing process. I know this probably should have been the first episode. So to keep it brief, the nursing process is a variation on the scientific method that allows nurses to uh, follow a systematic approach that will allow us to use critical thinking in order to make a clinical judgment about our patients. So there are a couple of variations on the nursing process. You may have heard of ADPI, which is Assessment, Diagnose, Plan, Implement, and Evaluate. Uh, There's one that has analysis instead of um, diagnosis. And then the National Council State Boards of Nursing has recently released this clinical judgment measurement model, which we'll probably see take over the field. Uh, And this is recognize cues, analyze cues, prioritize hypothesis, uh, generate solutions, take action, and evaluate outcomes. So you can see how that's even more in line with the scientific method. So it's really, um, it allows us to practice nursing in a systematic way so that we can make inferences about the meaning of our patient's um, condition, about the meaning of their response to their condition, so that we can help them, um, you know, we see a pattern that helps us take care of them or helps us to alleviate symptoms. So we want to make sure that we're thinking about the patient, this individual patient. We want to make sure that we are patient-centered. The first step is going to be recognize cues or assessments. So the cues are the things that you see when you do your assessment. So this is going to be your physical assessment, health history. Um, remember that we have two different sources of information, primary source and secondary. The patient is your primary source unless they're a minor or unable to uh, make their needs known, in which case it would be a caregiver or a parent. Um, Everything else is a secondary source. So the chart is a secondary source, the physician, the nurse before you giving report, those are secondary sources. Um, We have two types of data. We have objective data and subjective data. Objective data is something that I can objectively measure. I can see or touch. Um, Subjective data is something the patient has to tell me because I cannot experience it in any way. So for example, vital signs that we measure, those are objective data. The patient's pain or feelings, those are subjective data. So we're going to collect all of our data and we're also going to validate and verify the data. So the patient will tell us things and we use those cues to help us validate or verify. We'll also use the diagnostic testing, laboratory data, um, those health history information to verify and make sure that we have a full database. So the next step then is going to be um, patient problem or diagnosis or analyze cues and prioritize hypotheses. So this step is where we really define the patient's problem. We identify their need and it allows us to then create a plan of care. So this could be the patient has abdominal pain, or they need teaching on a specific medication or something else. So that's going to be our next step. Then 
um, from, from there, from defining it, we're going to generate solutions or plan. And this, um, the National Council of State Boards of Nursing Clinical Judgment Measurement Model really kind of combines prioritize hypothesis because at this point we need to prioritize what we're going to do. Your patient will have a lot of problems or a couple anyway. So we're going to classify our priorities based on high, intermediate, and low. High priorities are emergent things. High priorities are things that um, are going to imminently threaten the patient's life or limb. Um, intermediate is mostly what we deal with in nursing. These are problems the patient has right now. And then low problems, low priority problems, uh, those are going to affect the patient's future well-being. So a high priority problem is a patient who has sepsis or a patient who is hypovolemic, a patient who doesn't have enough fluid in their body um, to help them perfuse their, their um, tissues. Intermediate problems are, would be uh, impaired skin integrity. The patient has a wound. The patient has pain. Um, low priority will be things like the patient has a risk for infection or the risk for falls. Those are things that will affect their future health. Now, there's something that you've identified that is putting the patient at risk. Whatever that thing is, that's your intermediate problem. So we would focus on that then to prevent those um, bad outcomes like infection or uh, falls. So now that we've prioritized, we're going to choose, you know, the highest priority item, and we're going to make a plan. We're going to make a goal. So this is where we make a goal statement, and then we decide on interventions that we can put in place. So we're still in that planning process, right? So when we set a goal, it needs to be specific, measurable, attainable or achievable, relevant or realistic, and time-bound. Students struggle the most with the time-bound piece, but here's, here's, here's what it is. Without this very specific type of goal, this SMART goal, uh, it's like a recipe with no directions. So I can tell you, throw some flour, some water, some yeast, and some butter together. Uh, let it sit for a while after you mix it up. Um, make it into a bowl shape, let it sit a little bit longer, throw it in the oven, take it out, ta-da, you have bread, except you probably have glue because I didn't give you enough directions. You didn't have any time uh, frames. You didn't know specifically what temperatures or amounts of stuff you needed. So for all of us to be on the same page, to be providing the same level of care and having the same goals, the goals need to be SMART goals. So we want to make sure that we have effective goals that are SMART. So the next thing that we're going to think about is our um, implementation, our intervention. So we'll decide on interventions that will help us meet the goal. That's the whole idea. The goal is something that the patient will do. The goal is a change in patient condition or behavior. So the goal usually starts with the patient will. Interventions are nursing interventions, and these are things that the nurse is going to do. So the nurse will. The interventions are things the nurse will do in order to help the patient meet the goal. So interventions come in a couple of different ways. We have direct and indirect care. Direct care is where I am physically interacting with the patient. I am washing the patient. I'm providing medications. I'm discussing things or providing education to the patient. Um, indirect care are things that I either do to manage the patient's environment, turning down the temperature, leaving the door closed, um, documentation or even something I've done on the patient's behalf where I am asking for a consult of physical therapy. 
So direct versus indirect. Direct is where I'm in, engaged with the patient. Indirect is where I'm doing something on their behalf or managing their environment. Now we also have nurse-initiated, provider-initiated, and other provider-initiated interventions. So nurse-initiated interventions are independent. These are things that you can do on your own. You don't need a doctor's order or provider's order for these. This is raising the head of the bed, closing the door, um, providing education on a topic. Those are all things that you can do on your own. Healthcare provider initiated, these are dependent interventions, and of course they require an order from a healthcare professional. Other provider initiated, these are interdependent. So these would be things like the nutritionist comes uh, and decides on a diet for the patient, then we are the ones who are making sure the patient is following those um, directions. So we're going to do our interventions, and the most common interventions that we do are education, medication administration, and patient care. When you're thinking about education, something that's really important for you to assess is the patient's readiness to learn. You have to have good timing. You need to make sure the patient is invested and engaged, and you want to make sure that you eliminate any barriers. So a conducive environment that is quiet and comfortable. You need to manage the patient's pain. Nobody can learn anything if they're in a lot of pain. So you want to make sure that you remove those barriers. If you need an interpreter, get one. Don't let that be a barrier to your patient's care. So we also want to make sure that we tailor the care to the patient. In other words, I'm not going to walk into a room of someone who uh, only has a, a, a high school education and speak in medical ease, right? We need to make sure that we have broken it down for the patient. So you want to make sure that you have collaborated with the patient and, if appropriate, their family when you're making your plan of care and selecting your interventions because, again, they need to be part of the process because if they don't agree with what you're doing, obviously nothing's going to happen. You also need to make sure that you are able to provide the care or intervention that you are outlining. So it's got to be something that you are competent with doing. And if not, you need to be comfortable um, asking for help or uh, seeking someone else to perform that procedure or intervention for you. And finally, evaluation. And the thing I want everyone to know about evaluation is we don't wait until we have gone through this whole process to evaluate. You are evaluating constantly. It's an ongoing process. So if I walk in the room and the patient seems short of breath and I raise the head of the bed, I'm not going to wait until I do a full assessment and define the problem and cut, you know, prioritize what's going on and create in interventions and then do them. Like I've done all that in, this, in, in just a moment and I'm evaluating immediately what's going on with the patient. So um, once we have met our goals, our patient goals, then we can discontinue the plan of care. But remember that we probably have multiple things that we're helping the patient with. It's not just one thing. So um, when we when we discontinue that plan of care, there's a, maybe another plan of care that we're also working on simultaneously, or we create a new plan of care for the patient based on their current uh, condition. And this is where we full circle and we start again with a new assessment. So I hope you enjoyed this discussion about the nursing process, and I look forward to having you listen to more. Have a great day. Hey, this is Dr. Hobbick. First, I want to say thank you for listening this podcast is intended for nursing students to help them understand concepts that they're learning in nursing school, and maybe for students who just graduated and want to refresh on concepts, or nurses who just want to listen. 
Anyway, I do want to thank you for listening, but I also want to say that by listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. I want to encourage you to consult with your own physician for any issues you may be having. They will be your best source of information that is accurate and consistent and uh, based on research and evidence. Again, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time on Nursing with Dr. Hobbick.